0: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of High Burst, a special trade deadline edition, right? Uh, Today is currently February 10th on my end. The trade deadline actually passed not too long ago at the time of this recording, about three hours ago. So this episode is going to be purely on read and reacting to what happened to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, But of course, just want to touch on the biggest trade of the day with James Harden being swapped for Ben Simmons to head to Brooklyn, New York to play with the likes of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, of course. But James Harden is going to play with Joel Embiid. So the Eastern Conference has been shook and they've definitely been the better conference of the two this year. And they really just got better. That's my personal reaction. So what does that mean for the Hornets? Well, right now the Hornets are a game above 500. Uh, They're sitting at the ninth spot out east right now about five to six games out of the six seed so they can avoid the playing game. So they're still in good shape. But of course, uh, this doesn't help their odds uh, in a playoff series. Say they did happen to match up against a Philadelphia that's now going to feature a future Hall of Famer and one of the best scorers in the league whenever he's really on his stuff. So it's scary. That's, that's my reaction to that trade. But anyway, the Hornets did manage to net themselves something big as well. In Montrez Harrell in exchange for Ish Smith and Vernon Carey and uh, small price to pay. That's my reaction. I love Ish. I think he was definitely one of the one of the calming voices in the locker room for the Hornets, being a journeyman around the NBA, coming back home to the Charlotte area for him. It was a good feel, good story, but a journeyman does what a journeyman does. And he's included in a lot of deals like these that we end up getting shipped off. So salute to Ish Smith. I think he did his thing this year. Probably provided a lot of spark minutes for James Borrego this year as, you know, to fill in for Lamelo who missed time due to COVID. Terry was here in the beginning of the season with his ankle injury. So he was big for the for this backcourt for the Hornets. And I'm sure being back in Washington after he just left there, he won't miss a beat. He'll be OK over there. Uh, sucks to see him go. But, you know, this this is a part of the business for the Hornets aspect of things. Getting Montrez Harrell. Is exactly what this team needed. Another veteran presence, but not only that, he's a big man, a big man that can contribute from day one to a guy that can help out with the big rotation, especially when guys like Mason Plumlee and PJ Washington get in foul trouble all the time. And Harold is undersized. He always has been, but he plays a lot bigger than what he actually is. Standing at 6'7, you're not exactly the most intimidating guy in terms of height, but in terms of heart, Harold has all the dog in the world in him. And we've seen that. Over the past like five years or so, especially when he was in Los Angeles with the Clippers and he was just a man possessed, going crazy, eating up offensive glass, taking him space down low in the post, even stepping out every now and then to hit a 16-footer. Like Montrez Harrell's game is perfect for the Hornets. It's the right type of energy. And it's another veteran presence in the locker room. Even though Ish was one, Montrez has played with probably more established players, like a Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, obviously. Kawhi Leonard, MVP candidate year after year, one healthy NBA champion, defensive uh, player of the year, finals MVP. He has it all. Then PG was an MVP candidate for for a couple years back in OKC, even before the injury in Indiana. Even with the Clippers in the start of the season, he was hooping. So Montrez has been around. Then, of course, playing with guys like Lou Will and Pat Bev, good veterans, Danilo Gallinari at some point, excuse me. So, like, you know what Montrezl Harrell is going to bring to this team is definitely experience and leadership, but obviously it's a body that the Hornets needed. I haven't really seen a lot of low post scoring happening for the Hornets. Not a lot of players post up on the team. They're more of a perimeter oriented type of offense anyway. They chuck up a lot of threes a game. They're the second best offense in terms of scoring in the league. So they put up numbers and they have to do it from deep. So now seeing them actually get a big man who's more offensive minded, Harrell won't exactly while you're on defense, but he's a serviceable defender. I think he could hold his own against some guys. But him for on the inside, presence on the offensive side of the ball is going to be great. And now they don't have to rely on shooting 45 to 63s a game to try to shoot teams out the gym because you can shoot yourself out of games, as they have done in the past six games. We'll get to that in a little bit. I think Harold's fit makes a lot of sense. Mitch Kupchak is really a whiz at just putting teams together. We've seen what he did with those championship Laker teams in the 2000s and the 2010s and stuff like that. So pretty good. As for LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges, they should be the two most excited about this. For LaMelo, he gets another pick and roll guy, a guy that I can actually finish around the basket at that with heart and intensity. No disrespect to PJ or Mason Plumley, guys that, you know, soak up minutes at the four and five spots here. But Montrez Harrell is already the best rebounder on the team. Montrez Harrell is instantly probably the best inside low post threat on the team. Is that saying too much? No, because it's not like he's a he's a came or nothing like that down low, but they lack inside scoring presence. So filling that need is exactly what I wanted the Hornets to do. Also, early in the day before the Harrell uh, trade was actually pulled. They did where they were in talks with San Antonio for Jacob Poto, which I thought would have been another fantastic move. They they needed size, and I maybe Poto still would have been a better move for him. Who knows? But they got the size that they needed and inside presence that they needed. And I, I'm happy with that much. I really hope maybe in the offseason, maybe they could pursue a guy like Poto. Because I think he's a he's a very interesting young piece. And if you don't watch a lot of Spurs basketball, Deontay Murray steals the show, for sure. That's the headliner that you hear, and rightfully so. First-time All-Star, I think, makes a lot of sense. Also, I don't think I did it on my last episode, but LaMelo Ball was named an All-Star replacement for Kevin Durant, so well-deserved for him as well. Those two, both uh, injury replacements for Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, so it's dope for the both of them to get that attention. But for the Spurs, baiting Jacopo around was it's an interesting piece because he, he clogs up the paint. On the, on the defensive side of the ball. He's a big guy that actually gets his hands on a lot of shots on the for, for the defensive side of the ball. He gets a lot of blocks and stuff like a game. But you don't pay attention to Spurs basketball because, well, they haven't been that good since Kawhi Leonard left. But they have a few interesting guys on their team. Obviously, Murray, like I said, Poto, Keldon Johnson. Derek White was just traded to Boston, so they snagged, snagged one of those guys. But be careful. They're well coached, so these young players are learning a lot from Greg Popovich. But anyway, overall review, I'm really just glad that the Hornets found a big man that could be serviceable to them right now and possibly even in the future if if he decides to re-sign with the Hornets or whatever. This young team is molding out pretty well because now you have your two franchise cornerstones. And LaMelo Ball, like I said, first-time All-Star, former Rookie of the Year, Averaging around 20 points, seven rebounds, eight assists. You know what you're getting out of him for years to come. It's going to be greatness. Then, of course, you have Miles Bridges, who should be on track to win the most improved, in my opinion. Averaging right around 20 points a game, seven boards, three and a half assists. His game took a step up. Now you look at him as an actual uh, franchise cornerstone. Then Mitch Kupchak surrounds these, this team. That, those two young players were just a bunch of good veterans. Kelly Oubre, Terry Rozier. Uh, Gordon Hayward, and now you add in Montrezl Harrell. So it's, it's great. It's awesome. And then, of course, the other young pieces, I don't want to snub them, And P.J., James Booknight, and all those other guys like J.T. Thor, Kai Jones. It's awesome to see how Mitch Kupchak is putting his roster together. I can't wait until, like, things really start to come into fruition for this team. It might not be this year, but they will be great for years to come. I, I'm putting that in the atmosphere right now. Now, for where we're at right now in the season is kind of at an odd spot for the Hornets. They dropped their last six games after getting beat up on by the Bulls. And uh, whew, it was a it was a bad game for for the Hornets. But in these in this six-game losing streak, what I've taken away is that their first quarters, most in most of these games, have been great. Really, the first halves hasn't been that bad. But the first quarter is where they excel at. It looks like they can make it a game or it's actually going to be competitive all the way through. Uh, the second quarter games usually go dry. It's a, it's a weird drought. They were outscored 30 to 16 uh, last night against the Bulls. So Wednesday night against the Bulls. So it was pretty, pretty weird to see them go on that scoring drought. And in the post game, Coach Borrego, LaMelo, even Kelly Ubri, everybody who got to talk last night in the press conference. I'll just emphasize how they do go cold for like three to four minutes out of, out of a quarter. And it's not even just the second quarter that it happens. It's just that random spot, spots in the game that they just end up losing their, their focus, it looks like. Looks like they're, they're just out of rhythm for a little bit. And it's because, you know, they're not hitting their threes. They can't hit open shots inside. They try to take these contested mid-range jumpers like. And I love mid-range jumpers, but if it's contested that heavily, it's not a good shot. And that's what I've seen from the Hornets over this six-game losing streak. It's been pretty bad, but the bright spot in yesterday's game was their All-Star Lamelo Ball, who finished with 33 points, nine boards, and five assists. You know, carrying this team afloat for a little bit, trying to make it a little closer. In third quarter, in the third quarter of that game, they made a little run, and that's what basketball is. It's a game of runs. so they stay in games. But like Lamelo said, and I quote it's hard to come back from down that much, end quote. Like, it really is. You Like, you can't get down 15 to 20 points heading into halftime or at the start of a quarter and then battle, battle back the whole game. Excuse me. It's, it's a little too tough for, like, even veteran teams to do. Like, think about the Milwaukee Bucks or the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors last night took a whooping to the Utah Jazz, and they, they got down big. And despite having a greatest shooter that God ever created, you can't claw back into that game. And for a young team, it's probably even harder. As energetic and as fresh as they might be, you can't claw your way back into games. And the Hornets have figured that out the hard way. But fortunately for them now, they have some help coming in where they don't have to take all these outside shots. Maybe they could funnel it down low to the, to the low post. Like I said, Montrezl Harrell should be a featured piece of the offense. Sure, he's an energy guy that gets a lot of his – his points off of putbacks and offensive rebounds, but that will make you get hot when people are trying to box you out or people start doubling you for whatever reason. And you kick get out, you'd be the playmaker from that end. So it's pretty interesting to see how the impact that Harold's going to have on this game. So they did drop to the bulls and the Raptors in this six game loser streak, two teams that are ahead of them out East and Cleveland as well. But on Friday, they do have the Detroit Pistons and the Detroit Pistons have the worst record out in the Eastern conference at the 15th spot, 15th seed in the Eastern conference. So this should be a gimme game and it should also be a good game for hopefully Montrez plays or not. We'll figure that out later down the road that the Hornets should be able to get him acclimated if he plays, but should win like no disrespect, but the Pistons, Have a couple of bright spots. They also made a trade for Marvin Bagley, which is cool. Cade Cunningham has been pretty good for them as of late after a rough start. Jeremy Grant is a good, real good player. Sadiq Bey, they have some guys on their team, but they're not cohesive enough to beat the Hornets. They shouldn't be. And the Hornets have slid, but this should not be their seven straight loss. This should break the winning streak to just start over from scratch. You know, get back in the win column. Build some momentum. They still got the Grizzlies coming up here soon. Their schedule is only going to get harder. So take this gimme game that they need right now to put themselves back up on their feet so that Montrez can get his feet wet. Everybody just gets reacclimated, settled back in. Go crazy. They have a back-to-back Friday and Saturday. So this game is huge. I think this, this should be like one of the biggest games of the season, despite, despite it being the Detroit Pistons. You don't take any game for granted. unlike. like, All the players say at at press conferences, like, you know, they're an NBA team. You can't discredit anybody for putting in work to make it to the league. Everybody's good in the NBA. And that's true. There's young stars on on basement type of teams. Look at Look at the Kings, how they traded away Tyrese Halliburton. He was he was a king. A lot of people probably never even seen Halliburton play on TV. Darren Fox, same thing. Demondis Sabonis, same thing. So here's a lot of pieces and movers and shakers in this league that we haven't seen play yet. A lot of young players that we haven't seen play yet. So then Detroit has a couple of those. But the Charlotte Hornets should win this game. And I think they should win it big. If you're James Borrego, you need to coach your team up to the point where you know that there's no way in hell that you could lose this game. Because you really shouldn't. Being, being the type of situation that they're in, at the nice spot and in the East right now, you're kind of in a must-win situation with the All-Star break creeping up soon. Because as soon as the All-Star break hits, there's 22 games left. You don't want to be sitting in those seven, eight, nine, ten spots. That's The Hornets are a better team than that, despite how tight the Eastern Conference has been. They should be a lot to make it in the playoffs. So a game like Friday is so important for the Hornets just to get over this hump, to go ahead and just outdo themselves and forget about the cold streaks that they had. Forget about, you know, just struggling shooting the ball. Forget about Gordon Hayward missing uh, ample amount of time with an ankle injury. Forget about everything. Just go out there and play basketball. And that's that'd be my message if I was James Rago to the team. I know we've been missing a lot of shots. I know that our defense hasn't been tight, but I need you guys to lock in defensively so we can we can lead on that side of the ball to transfer into the offense. And once they do that, I think they'll be fine. And, hey, that's that's just the land of the law right there. Kind of close this stuff out. Again, Montre's Harrell, huge deal. Huge, huge deal for the Hornets. I think, I think that's going to be the move that actually puts him into the playoffs. And Montre's Harrell is by no means an all-star. He's not a superstar, but he's that dog, that enforcer, that you want to have on your team, that people need to have on their teams. Championship teams have them all the time. When you look at the Bucs last year, winning that title, Bobby Portis was that guy that just had this uncanny energy about him that looked infectious to the rest of the team. Even the Suns, even though they lost, CP could count as that guy, but Michael Bridges was an Man, doing the dirty things on the court trying to guard arguably the best player in the game today and Giannis. Look at the Warriors. They have Draymond. You know, like the list goes on and on and on. And now the Hornets have theirs. A young team. With a good mix of veterans, whenever Hayward gets back, it'll be cool to see Montrez, Terry, and Kelly out on the floor together. Those are all veteran guys that have done it in the league for more than five years. So contributing to this young team is huge. I can't wait to see it all come together. And it looks like, according to Twitter, that LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges also approve of of that big trade. Like, they look excited. Everybody's ready in Charlotte, probably, for Montrez to touch down and get to work. So... These young guys endorsing him, endorsing Trez, a guy that they probably watched on TV or heard about, seen him go to work, they played against him. They know that Montrez Harrow is gonna help this team out from day one. And everybody should just be ready for it. That's pretty much my take on all of this trade talk, guys. I think I think Harrow's gonna be huge. I'm excited for it. That's pretty much it for me, guys, man. Thanks for listening. Another episode of High Burst in the Books. Little quick takes everybody have a good one and make sure you tune in for the next week and hopefully we're talking about the Hornets going on a winning streak baby. let's go